to Off Grid. We have solved the cryptic crossword so that you don't have to unless you want to. We've also picked out our favourite word from the crossword to talk about and one clue which we each like which we're going to explain to you later. If you do want to have a go at the crossword that we did then for this episode it was the independence puzzle by Hoskins on Tuesday June the 15th 2021 which was number 10818. We'll put a link to it in the show notes if you want to have a look at it. As usual, your hosts are me, Dave. And me, Void. As well as talking about some various stuff we find interesting, we'll also have a little quiz which is inspired by the puzzle. A sort of general knowledge quiz, if you like. From General Knowledge. Hello, General. How are you doing? Hello. I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Great. Good to have you here again. Thanks for having me. All right, before we go any further, we're going to each read out our favourite clue. If you're not a crossword solver, don't panic. You can just ignore these if you like. Um, or pay attention and we'll explain how they work to you a little bit later. So, General, kick us off with your favourite clue. OK, my favourite clue was, which number was it? Eight down. Tight garment that you must wear for fight. Eight letters. And Dave? I picked four across, which was police to arrest a trainee English stockholder, question mark. And in that, we're looking for two four-letter words. It's four and four. How about you, Void? I went for 22 across recreational vehicle seen on the strand, question mark, five, five. All right, you can have a ponder on those for a bit, and we'll give you the answers and explanations after we've heard a little bit more from the general. What did you find inspiration to chat about, General? Well, one of the uh, answers in this puzzle was pun. Most people who are into crosswords do appreciate a good pun or even a bad pun. Is there a difference? (laughs) Well, depends on your perspective, doesn't it? Some people hate all of them. I think... Most that you come across in crosswords are kind of groan-worthy, to be honest, but we enjoy groaning, I feel. Who is it who defined them as the lowest form of wit? Do we know? I don't, but I think they're wrong. That's sarcasm, though, isn't it? Oh, yes, you're right. You're absolutely right. It's sarcasm. Yes, I take that back. Also, uh, buns are the lowest form of wheat. (laughs) I've not heard that before. Um, I have a friend, actually, who always tries to outdo me with her bird puns, but two can play at that game. She's French, this friend. Um, So I asked her eventually if she wanted to play video games instead, and she said, we. Then she started to tell me a story about a kidnapping at the school where she works. But it was fine in the end. He woke up. Oh, dearie me. Uh, she's changing jobs soon, actually, to go and work for a non-profit organisation. They're all atheists. Oh, profit. Uh. Oh, dear. Oh. 
That took a bit of thinking about that one. I, I thought I'd let that one land. I'm so sorry. Uh, personally, I've been getting into cycling to work recently, which is great, but my bike can't stand up by itself. It's too tired. Oh. But what I am really good at, even if I say so myself, is kayaking, surprisingly. I can control a kayak brilliantly. Can you? That was the last one, I promise. Um, in <laughs> fact, that, that last one um, is courtesy of Adele Cliff. And Adele Cliff is the winner, or was the winner, of the 2020 UK Pun Championship. She's the only woman ever to hold that coveted title. I don't know what that says about um, puns, but um, I feel great respect for that achievement. <laughs> Marvellous. Well, it's it's certainly an achievement. <laughs> is that an annual competition? I think it is. It's only been going for about five or six years. It's part of a, a comedy festival somewhere. I know pun contests are something that the Americans are very uh, very into, aren't they? Oh, yeah. No, I've not heard of that. I believe so. There's, yes. there's got to be a punning name for a pun contest. Hmm. Yeah, it would be disappointing if there wasn't really. Maybe I should uh, go to the States and try my luck then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you didn't tell us you were uh, doubling up with your practice for a, your five-minute open slot work, General. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. And um, you can blame, blame Andy Saltzman for the, the concept of the pun run. Mine was a very short one compared to uh, his. I've often thought that a good name for a BBC Radio 4 comedy show would be Funny Box. <laughs> You're sitting there looking stunned silence because they've got a long-running <laughs> consumer programme called Money Box. Oh, right. Yeah, that would be good. Need to pitch that to them at some point. Yeah. Who's, I think it was a Tim Vine number where he said he entered... Uh, he he made ten entries into a punning competition. He was really hoping to win, but no pun intended. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's well known for that kind of thing, isn't he? I sold my Hoover while it was only gathering dust. Or oh, it might have been Milton Jones. Yes. Yes. Oh yeah, Milton yeah, Jones. Milton is Jones and a great pun. The kings of the puns. Dave. Do you want to explain your clue to us now? Yes, let's revisit that one. If you remember, it was police to arrest a trainee English stockholder, question mark, 4-4. Well, this was a sort of charade and container clue. It means a string of little bits and pieces put together and some of them inside. I thought it was a well-constructed clue for a somewhat obscure answer. The answer was meat cube. I'd not heard the term before, but apparently it's another name for a stock cube. Yeah, I hadn't heard the answer either. Yeah. Police gives you met, as in the Metropolitan Police. Arrest a means you put the letter A inside it, which gives you meat. And then trainee is cub, as in a cub reporter. And English is E, which gives you cube. And the definition was stockholder, and the question mark indicated that the setter was being a little bit playful, because that's not literally what stockholder means according to the dictionary, but it is a thing that holds stock. Now, 
I went to the shops yesterday to buy Oxo cubes and Bisto granules, but they were out of stock. Boys, raise the tone. <sighs> what did you find of interest in this puzzle? Ah, well, I picked myself up off the floor. Yeah, I wanted to talk about Prince, which was the answer to 14 across. Uh, the word Prince comes from the Latin princeps, meaning first head, so most important person, I suppose. But I wanted to talk about the musician Prince. I guess maybe some younger listeners might not have heard of him or might not be familiar with him, but... He was, especially in the 80s, really famous and really successful. He was one of the top five artists in the world, I would say. He signed to Warner Brothers in the late 70s when he was just 18 years old. And he got a deal where he had full creative control, which is pretty unusual, really. But Warner Brothers must have recognised the talent he had. And he he got going in the late 70s with a couple of albums, and then he really hit a stride in the 80s. And 1999 was, I think, his first breakthrough hit in 82 or 83. Um, I was always impressed by the credit he had on his albums, which was produced, arranged, composed and performed by Prince. A bit show-offy, but still, if, you, if you're doing all those things, then, then why not? And yeah, he released an album every year and had loads of hit singles. Um, Purple Rain, When Doves Cry, Girls and Boys, Raspberry Beret, to name just a few. But not only was he really prolific with his own output, but at the same time he was writing loads of songs for other people, including many of his side projects like The Time, Martika, Vanity Six, who became Apollonia Six, and there's Madhouse and The Family and others as well and some hit songs that you might have heard of but not known that he wrote were Sugar Walls by Sheena Easton, The Glamorous Life by Sheila E, Manic Monday by The Bangles, I Feel For You by Shaka Khan, Kiss by Tom Jones, Kiss by Tom Jones and the Art of Noise, yep, Um, (laughs) that's a cover version. Uh, yes. I Feel For You by Chaka Khan was a cover version as well. Um, strictly speaking, that was Prince's first number one hit in the UK. But probably his most famous song, originally written for someone else, was first recorded in 1985 by The Family. And it was a massive hit in 1990. Do you know what it is? Nothing compares to you. Ding! <laughs> yeah, by Sinead O'Connor. It's absolutely massive hit, number one for many weeks. People often say when there's a cover version, oh, it's not as good as the original. If you're not familiar with the original version by the family, I can categorically tell you that Sinead O'Connor's version is much better than the original. <laughs> don't don't seek it out. It's not okay. that great. But I also have a little Prince story. Um, I've been to see him live three times, which is great. But there was a time when I was at a club in London with some friends and a DJ put on a Prince song. And being fans, we hopped onto the dance floor for a little bit of a bop. And the song was Let's Go Crazy from his Purple Rain album. Uh, if you don't know it, it's an up-tempo pop rock song. And towards the end of the song, it comes to a stop almost with a long sustained guitar note. 
and then it goes into a guitar solo and then it builds up into a crescendo and an end note bang to finish now what an experienced club dj probably would have done is when that guitar note came in and it went into the solo you probably would have started mixing in some other song to keep the beat going but i guess this dj was a prince fan he just let the song play so i was on the dance floor and when the beat stopped and that guitar note came in and the guitar solo started i got out my air guitar like you do and started playing along to the solo um and halfway through the guitar solo, I noticed that I was now the only person left on the dance floor. <laughs> so I carried on because, you know, what else are you going to do? And uh, at, at the end of the song, I rocked back on my heels and slammed down on the floor exactly in time with the end note. And I got a round of applause from everyone. <laughs> Well, I <laughs> I'm very glad to hear that you, you rolled with it. <laughs> uh, that was the highlight, the beginning and the end of my air guitar career. <laughs> Inspired by this, I thought I'd just have a look up of air guitar online because I knew there's an air guitar championships. And there's one yes. in Finland. It's been held in Finland every year since 1996 in a town called Ulu, I may be mispronouncing that. And on airguitarworldchampionships.com, I really liked one specific word of their introductory paragraph, which goes Contestants around the world put their best on stage shamelessly with their invisible instruments. This phenomenon, promoting world peace with a smile, has inspired both filmmakers and doctorate researchers. You can't hold a gun while you play the air guitar. <laughs> Boys, marvelous! There is a very famous clip on YouTube of a whole group of guys performing while my guitar gently weeps and with a Prince uh, solo at the end of it. Have you seen that one? It's a very good recording. No, I have. Yeah, a while back. So someone's found some extra footage and, and mixed it in so that there's there's kind of more to it in the last few months to what there was before where some people have found just you know the, the way he finishes and more shots of him as he walks off at the end and just kind of leaves the entire auditorium. It's like that's that's it, I'm done. I can't remember who um who the quotes attributed to, but there's some very famous guitarist and someone asked them, What's it feel like to be the best guitarist in the world? And this guitarist said, I don't know, ask Prince. <laughs> yeah. Marvellous. So when things uh, open up a bit more and we're, we're able to travel more, do you think you would rather go to the air guitar championship or the pun championship? Uh, where's the pun championship held? Uh, well, the one, the UK one is in Leicester, I think. So I have been no to Finland choice, a couple really. of times. I, I enjoyed my visits to Finland. It's uh, it's you, you know the thing about Finland that I don't get is their flag is a blue cross on a white field, and if you've ever driven through Finland, it is just green, 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 green. Oh, the Finland is really green. Yeah. I mean, I get blue for the lakes, but there should be 
some green in your flag, Finland. Come on. I was going to say they have a lot of water there, so I guess that's the idea. Well, that reminds me. What would you think the best thing about um, Switzerland is? Uh... <laughs> oh, I, I don't know, but their flag's a big plus. <sighs> Thanks, Dave. <laughs> oh, Oh dear. I was hoping someone would remember that one. General, on that note, do you want to explain your clue to us? Okay, so my clue again was tight garment that you must wear for fight, eight letters. And the answer is argument. Um, so this is an anagram clue with an insertion. So you've got an anagram of garment around you the letter u standing in for the word you and i i kind of liked this one because i didn't initially see what was going on with it and it's a slightly unusual anagram indicator so the the bit of the clue that tells us it's going to be an anagram is um tight which i think here is being used in the sense of kind of drunk so Drunk would tend to imply that you're kind of muddling up the letters, and I think that's what type's doing here. So, yeah, I, I liked the kind of quite sort of misdirection going on in that clue. Yeah, the surface makes you think of uh, a wrestler's leotard or something. No, that's what I was going to say. I, I agree with the the passing on the tight bit being as in drunken. Yeah. Does anyone still say tight for drunk? It's quite an old-fashioned word, really, isn't it? But then a lot of words that are in crosswords tend to be old-fashioned, don't they? We've got an awful lot of archaisms in our uh, vocabulary. Tight as an owl, that's the phrase, isn't it? Is it? But I don't know why owls are particularly tight. <laughs> I, I know I heard recently somebody say that their, um, that their, their reputation for wisdom is, is ill-earned because they're apparently particularly stupid birds, apparently. But there we go. Take it up with Athena. If you've ever seen an owl running, it's incredibly <laughs> ridiculous. I can't say that I have, no. I, I've not, funnily enough. You should... Are they very ungainly, holding their wings out badly? Yeah, well, it's the legs that are, that are particularly surprising. Have a look it up um, after this, then have a look. Okay. This is going to be kind of YouTube owl running. Long, thin, skinny legs that are normally hidden by the feathers. So it's, I can imagine. Yeah. Rather like if you see a hedgehog climbing up a step. It's just this, this gangly leg comes out the back and you think, where the hell did that come from? <laughs> yeah, exactly like that. Cool. Okay, what I would like to talk about is one of the answers in the grid, which was gins. It's one of those words with lots and lots of meanings. In the sense of the drink... Do you guys know where it comes from, the word? What would you be your assumptions? Mm. No, I'd, maybe I'd try and make an association with juniper in some way, but I can't see anything there. Yeah, it almost sounds like it could be a, an acronym or something, doesn't it? But I don't think it is. Well, I, I, my initial thought was the same, was that it's some kind of relation to juniper. Um, and here we have a cautionary tale of kind of relying on a single information source. 
as a crosswordy kind of person, my first port of call was Chambers Dictionary. And it says that it comes from Geneva. So I oh. wondered why was it first distilled there, perhaps, or something like that. So then I looked both online and in my trusty Oxford Dictionary of Word Origins, and both that and the wonders of Wikipedia say that that's not quite the case. The spelling Geneva was, in this instance, a variant of Geneva, which is the Dutch word for juniper. So there we go. So, yeah, so obviously the main flavouring constituent of gin. So then that did get me asking myself, well, what is the origin of the name of the city Geneva, taking a a, a kinky uh, of a route off in a different direction? And is that related in any way? The answer turns out to be no. Geneva gets its name from the Latin genu, the knee, because it lies on a bend in the river. And that is possibly possibly also the origin of the Italian city of Genoa. Though there are other theories for that one as well. Um, Obviously, Genu for Mm. the knee also gives us uh, genuflect, literally to bend, flex the knee. I found this quite a nice word. uh, I think it was in, in Dr. Johnson's dictionary, geniculate which is an adjective in anatomy and botany, meaning bent at a sharp angle. Just quite. I think we ought to be able to use geniculate in, in a sentence somewhere. I geniculate my to... hat to you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Going back to gin, obviously, the other main meaning, which gets used quite a bit in, in crosswords from time to time is for various types of mechanical devices there's a, a snare or a trap is sometimes called a gin uh, the cotton gin which is a machine for separating the cotton fiber from the seeds um, it's also a hand operated hoist for raising and moving heavy objects and in all of those senses it's actually a shortening of the word engine ah. um, which originally just meant a device or talent or cunning which also gives us ingenuity and ingenious and all those kinds of things. Oh, I didn't know that, Link. Um, on the subject of things ingenious, give us your cunning clue, Void. Before I do that, I'll just say that I've been to Genoa uh, and great pizza, great ice creams. I went, went to a, my first gelateria when I was in Genoa and they had an ice cream flavour called Zuppa Inglesi. And I thought, <laughs> Custard. Well, I've got to try that out. Well, li- literally English soup. English soup. Uh, is the translation <laughs> of that. And I, I said, right, well, I'll, I'll have some Zuppa Inglesi ice cream, please. And I had it. And it was trifle flavour. <laughs> trifle? Ah, oh, marvellous. <laughs> yeah. If you don't like trifle, stay clear. What is the flavour of a trifle? Uh, well, custard and cream and cherries and uh, do you put rum in a trifle? Maybe there's some sort of alcohol in it, isn't there? Fruitiness sometimes. Can be, yeah. yeah. Anyway, my clue was twenty-two across, which was recreational vehicle seen on the Strand? Question mark five five. Now. The word strand has a capital S in this clue, as in the London street. 
And until this afternoon, I always thought the name of that London street was The Strand. But I looked it up and no, it's just Strand. But everyone calls it The Strand, don't they? That's a song, Let's All Go Down The Strand. Oh, Have a banana. Have a banana. <laughs> they chorus. Yeah. Anyway, the clue is a cryptic definition. So it's just, there's no wordplay involved, really. It's just a sneaky way of describing something. And the capital S on strand is a misdirection because the word strand is another word for a stretch of shoreline or a beach. And a recreational vehicle you might see on a beach is a beach buggy. And that's the answer. So it's just a a nicely disguised description. Very nice. Short and sweet. Yeah. I think it's time for the general knowledge quiz. General, over to you. Okay. Well, um, I thought since we're discussing words and etymologies have come up a bit, um, let's have a few rounds of... Well, this game has a few different names, so you can call it Balderdash, you can call it Call My Bluff, that was the TV version, or you could call it Fictionary... Basically, I'm going to read out some words with three possible meanings, and you have to choose the right meaning. Brilliant. All right. So, and all the words are picked from the Haggard Hawks Twitter account. I don't know if you follow that account on Twitter, but highly recommended for uh, intriguing and lovely, unfamiliar words every day. I yes, do I follow it. I do follow that. So you're lucky that I've got a terrible memory. Otherwise, uh, <laughs> I would probably walk through this. I was about to say, you might find this too easy then. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll okay. probably go, yes, I remember having heard that one, but I have no idea what it is. Yeah. Well, it is multiple choice. So Fire away. All right. So first, a word to think about is grimmelings. And... Is this word A, the marginalia found in books of spells, B, the day's first or last glimmers of sunlight, or C, in British folklore, small creatures that live in the ashes of a fire, grimmelings? I think there's an old word, grimoire, for a book of spells. So I wonder if that's where the that's either could be a route for the correct answer or a cunning misdirection. Um, Grimmelings. I, I don't would, know about the ashes I in would, the fire one. I would like it to be the the book marginalia, but I think I'm going to plump for the first signs of light in the morning. It's my guess. Feels like the right choice for me as well. And I think I possibly have a faint memory of it from having seen the tweet at some point. So I'm going to plump for B as well. Yep, you're both right. It is the day's first or last glimmers of sunlight. And the grimoire was misdirection. Yeah. Well played. (laughs) Okay. Lambition. A, the act of licking something. B, a process of lighting an oil lamp. Or C, 
a portmanteau of lamb and ambition used in the livestock trade. <laughs> Would you like them again? Lambition. What a silly word. <laughs> I I think you are you have made up a portmanteau word of lamp ignition <laughs> for the middle one. So I'm not going for that. Um <laughs> I think what was the first option again? To the world. So it was the act of licking something. Mm. Yeah, because that second one about the lamp, as, as Void says, la- lamp ignition. But you've also got things with like lambent, which is which is glowing. Um, so there is plausibility in that middle one. Is that what lambent means? I thought it meant something different. I thought lambent meant faintly moving because I'd heard it applied to a flame so that's what I, that's why I was going to go for licking um, yeah. but I perhaps got completely the wrong end mm. of the stick so neither Dave's of you going away. for yeah, you're, not, right, you're, not, you're not oh. cheating are you Dave no, I'm, no I'm, I'm checking the definition of lambent and it's kind of uh, it, it, it is both what I thought it was and what what Void said, uh, definitions for lambent include moving about as if touching lightly like a flame, flickering, softly radiant, glowing, light and brilliant, and also, bizarrely, licky. <laughs> so that, 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 kind of, that kind of muddles the water quite, uh, quite uh, heavily, doesn't it? I, th- I think we're talking between so... one and two. I don't think either of us are going for this, this silly livestock trade idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so are you gonna plump? I'm for... going licking. Oh, that's you not a phrase you should say often. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're gonna go for the licking, I'll go for the lamp lighting. So uh, let's see where we go from there. <laughs> One of us has got to be right, haven't we? Uh, what? You're definitely sure I'm not gonna say, yeah, it's lamb and ambition. Well, I've got a hat here that I will eat if if it is. <laughs> okay. Well, you're right. Uh, it's not that. Void, you're correct. It's the act of licking something. Marvellous. So I I don't know where the the kind of link, if there is one, between lambent and licking and lambition actually comes. Mm. But I presume something to do with words for tongues back in the etymology there somewhere yeah okay uh lambere is latin for to lick mm. apparently well there we go so that is probably yeah, gonna, there we yeah. go yeah if i'd read that a bit closer then i might have uh, i might have plumped in the right direction the same as void did but there we go <laughs> got any more for us okay brully brully b-r-u-l-l-y um, is it A, a word for a sturdy umbrella in the Isle of Man? B, uh, descriptive of a damp fog? Or C, an isolated patch of rough sea? Damp fog. I think I'd hear that way too because I've never heard the word brully on the shipping forecast. Um, <laughs> and the umbrella thing. It seems like a massive man trap for Brolly, Brolly. Uh, it's I, an I Isle of Man trap. 
An Isle of Man trap. And if it, <laughs> if it were, it would be just kind of, well, that's just a variant of Broly and not worth having a, a specific word tweet about, I would have thought. Mm. So you're going for Damp Fog? I am, yep. Yeah. What, both of you? All right. Uh, no, it is a number. No, it's not an umbrella. It's an isolated patch of rough sea. Well, there we go. Probably not a technical term, um, so you wouldn't hear it on the shipping forecast, but more of a a kind of localised dialect uh, of coastal communities, I would imagine. It would be interesting to know what the origin of that was as well, wouldn't it? Yeah. Are you on it, Dave? No. Sadly. Embroiled. Yeah. Yeah, that does sound likely, doesn't it? broiling and things like that yeah so there you go we'll leave that one for a listener to look up (laughs) okay thanks very much for that general i think it's about time to wrap up the episode thanks for listening everybody please subscribe from wherever you get your podcasts and give us a good rating and a review if you're using something that enables you to do that you can check in with us on twitter if you like i'm at skirwingle and i'm at the void tlmb and I'd like to recommend a crossword by Mev in The Independent on April the 22nd, 2021, if you want fancy checking out another puzzle. General, would you like to recommend anything to the listener? Yeah, I would recommend Puzzles Set by Angel in The Independent, and you might also like to follow Archelina on Twitter. Thank you very much. We'll be sure to do that. Thanks for helping us out, General. You're welcome. Thank you. Join us again next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. That was Off Grid. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed it, please tell a friend. And like Dave said, if you want to rate and review us, that would be lovely. Thank you very much. The theme tune was by The Trudy, that you can check out on Bandcamp. And we will be back in two weeks, so please come back and join us then. Cheers, bye-bye. Broly, good show. <laughs>